0: The documentary series High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America, is out with a new season today. In the first season, journalist Stephen Statterfield traces the origins of American food culture from Benin on the coast of West Africa to Charleston, Philadelphia, and Galveston via the transatlantic slave trade. In the new season out today, Satterfield continues his exploration of black cooking by visiting cities such as Atlanta, New Orleans, and you guessed it, Chicago. I was able to take part in the series by sharing my research on Chicago as a destination city during the Great Migration and our next guest, who also made contributions to the episode showcasing the Black Food Ways of Chicago. Eric Williams is the owner executive chef at Virtue, a restaurant and bar located in Hyde Park. Thanks for coming in, Eric.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And Dario Durham, co hosts the Chicago History and Food podcast, 77 Flavors of Chicago. Great to have you back.
2: It's great to be back. Thank you.
0: We're reunited.
2: I know. We could talk now.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it feels good.
0: Well, before we get into season two, I first want to hear from both of you on this. And Dario, I'll start with you. When you think of black Chicago and food, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
2: Um, The the. The creativity, you know, and the and the realness, the soul of the food, man. It's I think of chicken, <laughs> Thanksgiving, basically all the stuffing and everything, man. I just think about feeling good. That's what I think about.
0: You said stuffing and not dressing. What's the difference?
2: What's Ooh. it? Is it? Is it? Yeah. What Ooh. stuffing or dressing?
0: Ain't the same thing. No.
2: Just let it go. Okay.
0: <laughs> so go, you bro. clearly eat but don't cook.
2: That's
1: that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs>
0: Eric, would you like to school him on the difference?
1: Um, stuffing is... It go inside, right? No, stuffing is the version that's usually outside of our race. Oh, okay. And okay. it can sometimes have things like raisins in it. Oh, no, yeah. Well, and I ain't doing that. <laughs> things like that. Um, dressing, um, depending on if you're, um, you know, in some parts of the South that are closer to bodies of water, could have oysters, could have andouille sausage, um, and most... Traditional um, dressing in Chicago is usually just vegetables and potentially, you know, gizzards and parts and things like that.
2: Yeah, that, well, that's what I eat. I just, call, yeah. the terminology okay. is just yeah. different. Okay. That's
1: yeah. All right, all
0: right, we're clear, we're
1: but
2: Boy, clear. Oof, boy <laughs> we uh, two
1: minutes in, I'm going to pit down bad.
0: <laughs> Eric, same question to you. When you think of black Chicago and food, what comes to mind?
1: Um, when I think about black Chicago and food, I think about... Um, the opportunity to commune and, and come together, um, when you know things like um, restorative space, um, laughter, um, the wholesome, wholesomeness of um, nostalgia. Um, I think about family when I think about Chicago and food, and I also think about survival, um, because for many years Black people have used food as a way to communicate and to extend gifts to one another and to bridge the burden of all that they have to deal with outside of their personal space.
0: And to keep with that theme, how do you understand the legacy of African-American food in Chicago? Like what would you find in someone's grandmother's kitchen? What
1: would you find in someone's grandmother's kitchen? Um, Casserole dishes are high on that list. Um, there are roasting pans. There are these like black and white roasting pans. Um, in terms of dishes, macaroni and cheese, collard greens. Um, you know the age-old um, argument from um, the South: spaghetti. I think this came up mm-hmm. off off of um, um, the series. You know, in Chicago, it's spaghetti and um, um, and catfish, um, and. Obviously fried chicken, cornbread, that could be baked cornbread, hot water cornbread, biscuits. Um, also things that I think that you would see in someone's grandmother's house. Um, that age-old photo of Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and um, John F. Kennedy um, hanging on the wall.
0: It might be replaced with Barack Obama now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or next it, 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 yeah, it, yeah it, yeah, to, it, to, it to, might the, be to the Trinity. Three. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, Dario, with 77 Flavors, you've been all over the city mm-hmm. talking to chefs and business owners. What have you learned about black food traditions in the process?
2: Uh, I, I'm learning how deeply uh, into it they are. Take Chef Eric right here. You know, we were on the set. He was talking about how, you know, the how he makes his food to, you know, kind of represent different parts and different aspects of of what uh, happened to us in the past. And you find that a lot with different chefs around, is that we really hone in on the history. And we we like to tell you, this is where this came from, and this is how we make it, and this is why we do it the way we do it. There's a lot of story behind it also. So that's kind of been the theme going with 77.
0: What would you say set Chicago apart from other regional African-American cooking?
2: I think... (laughs) I do not want to say ours is uh, the the more authentic or anything like that, but I tell you one thing: there's passion, you know. But in, in in the way we cook our foods, everybody almost has the same exact story. We don't have to worry about going over to somebody else's house and it tastes a little different, or it might be this. It might taste a little bit different, but it's the same consistency. It's the same kind of theme between the different macaroni and cheeses and the and the the turkeys and things like that. So that's that's one thing, Chicago. We we don't, we don't falter. Y'all told me at the top of this. Y'all let me know already. We don't play about our food in, in, in the history of it. So <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I learned.
0: <laughs> Eric, what do you think sets Chicago apart?
1: Um, I think the narrative is different. And I think, um, you know, um, regionality sets the stage. Um, over at our restaurant, Daisy's Po' Boy and Tavern, um, we often tell people that, you know, our gumbo is not going to be just like the gumbo in New Orleans. Because in the north, um, it gets pretty darn cold. And so um, in New Orleans, gumbo is brothier. Um, Obviously, the shellfish is pristine because they can get it that day and process it, whereas I am getting things flown in. Um, So there's a bit more roux in the gumbo at Daisy's. And, um, you know, Chicago is known to be a meat and potato town. So our plates are a little bit hardier up here and um they tend to have a little bit more animal um, protein focus whereas in the south there's a there's a ample amount of vegetables that play a leading role um in the cooking and then last but not least <clears throat> because chicago was home for many years to the stockyards there's one thing in chicago that is not celebrated the same way so i mean that that is celebrated unlike any other place and that is the rib tip um and when, when ribs are cut in the form or style of St. Louis ribs, then that tip is removed from the top of the ribs. It is not cooked with the ribs in Chicago. And so you can buy ribs or tips, but very rarely are you buying ribs and tips. And for most rib connoisseurs that are in the north, rib tips are called meat candy. It is the perfect combination of what you would imagine a rib and bacon. It's chewy, it's unctuous, it is slathered in sauce, and it is a Chicago thing all the way.
0: Can y'all hear my stomach growling? Like, I am getting hungry (laughs) sitting over here. (laughs) This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore, and for Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining, we're talking about the influence of black people. And American cooking and cuisine in Chicago with James Beard Award-winning chef Eric Williams and Dario Durham, co-host of podcast the podcast Seventy Seven Flavors of Chicago. So, have you all seen? So, High on the Hog season two dropped today. Chicago's an episode. We're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Eating at Virtue. Um, I believe I was the clean. I noticed that you all didn't clean your plates. I did with the short <laughs> rib and the mashed potatoes. Speaking of meat <laughs> and potatoes. Have you all seen the episode yet?
2: Yeah, I, I stayed up till two in the morning. I'll I, I watch it when it drops. Yeah.
0: Okay. Have you <laughs> yes. seen it, Eric? Yes, I've seen okay, it. Okay, I guess I'm the only one. I'm trying to remember what we all talked about, but you mentioned spaghetti, so I want to go back to to that. What are the origins of black folks in the Midwest, Chicago, using spaghetti as a side dish when we're eating fried catfish, fried shrimp? The, the,
2: yeah, a hey, my origin started in 1983 or 85. <laughs> <laughs> that's when my origin started. That's all. That's the only thing I've ever known. And I think we talked about this uh, on the, on the set. You know, we talked about how those two go together. I'm a defer.
1: So um, when we think about the Great Migration, um, again we get into regionality. And so folk from Mississippi came straight up to Chicago. Um, and um, as you travel the South, then you can directly trace the patterns of how people got to Detroit, how people got to Canada and how folk got to California and so on and so forth. And um, catfish and spaghetti is a Mississippi thing. And it's so much of a Mississippi and Chicago thing that hardly anybody else understands it. I haven't had the debate with anyone in St. Louis, but because that is a direct route Um, or a direct stop before you get to Chicago, I would imagine that they probably picked up on it too. Um, But you start talking to folks from like Memphis or Alabama, they think you are insane.
0: They do. Catfish is its own
1: thing, and and spaghetti is its own thing. Um, But I guess I would add, to directly answer your question, much like macaroni and cheese that was brought here by a chef who studied in France, um, black people cooked all of the food in the country. We were the cooks. We were the service and the labor in this country. So we took from the influences of what was made available to us and that those those influences were incorporated in our food. And one might argue they were perfected in our food. And so the macaroni and cheese that was being cooked in France, I mean, you can't find macaroni and cheese that tastes like macaroni and cheese in a black home in France today. <laughs> It has still not become that. It's just a different thing. It's a thing of its own, and so um, spaghetti, and in the home of a black family, is almost always incorporated with the sauce, and and the meat, um, which would be bolognese and and Italian culture. For us, it's meat sauce, and it, it takes place in the pot. Um, it's sacrilegious for it to be a one-pot dish in the Italian culture. The sauce is always poured over the top or served on the side. And so um, if you walked in a a home tomorrow and there was spaghetti being served for Thanksgiving, they would think you were out of your mind if that sauce was not touching those noodles and they didn't have a chance to have a long, intimate relationship.
0: (laughs) Speaking of labor... The Chicago episode of High on the Hog focuses on the Pullman porters. And my grandfather was a porter. And we've talked about the meatpacking industry. We know black folks were working in the stockyards after World War I. Um But are there any other um, things that you think about with labor tied to our food history, Dario?
2: I, I think almost every Bit of uh, every occurrence that we've had when it came to any kind of strikes or anything like that, or when it came to any kind of um, uh, you know hardships like that, black black folks were on the outside, always looking in. So these stories are told in the sense of you know from not a black person's point of view. When you think about what we were doing in those times, a lot of times we were hired. When strikes happen, that's the only time we got those jobs. You know, that's the only time we had the opportunity to work. And so, again, with food, what did we have to do? We had to make do with what it was. The people, if the, if it was a strike, the cooks went on strike too. Nobody else was working there. You know, so what we had to figure out how to do those type of things. So, to me, I feel like every moment in history, every significant thing, and especially, you know, we talk about the Pullman Porters, what they did for us, Chicago, specifically our black uh, population, Everything came, you know, from a, a place of we had to. This is what we had to do, and this is how we got creative with it. And that's why I always say, you know, the, the, our culture here is creative because we had to be. And and that's kind of like the, the the gist of it all uh, everywhere you go in, in every bit of time.
0: Speaking of rib tips that uh, meet candy, as you referred to, Eric, Lim's Barbecue is my favorite in Chicago, and it's <laughs> mentioned in High on the Hog. Um What notable restaurants or food businesses here in Chicago have left a lasting impact on you, Eric?
1: Um, Restaurants that have left a lasting impact on me. Um, That's an unfair question for a chef because I eat (laughs) everywhere. Um, But if we were talking about black-owned establishments, um, I love the ribs at Big John's and Honey One Barbecue, I also love the ribs at Limbs. They're they're all prepared out of the same vehicle, being a aquarium smoker, um, but they are all very uniquely different. Um and they and they just give you something different. Um I love Pearls. Mm. Um I think they do an amazing job of um everyday southern food.
0: Those biscuits. yeah, As well as <laughs> the rolls. Yeah
1: yes Mm -hmm. so um they create a whole vibe over there um and it's it you know it's everyday eats um and super approachable and like the most unusual place right it's like the only hotel no motel Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city Mm -hmm. um additionally let me think um
0: We can go to Dario. I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, that's, that's yeah, good. Go to that's Dario. good.
2: Hey, I, I'm I'm I'm. This is not the easy way out. But last time I was on here this is last December, and I said then virtue. You know what I mean? And here's why. Here's here's why virtue. And Thank you, brother. You, Thank you're welcome. You. And and I've said this several times. Um, what changed? What had my mind thinking was you had a um, it was collard green uh, a dish that wasn't a typical collard green style dish, right? And I remember looking at that, and I'm thinking. The cornbread ain't with it. And I normally take all that together. I make it like a little cornbread, collard green ball, and that's how I eat it. But in my head, when I came to, I'm thinking this is how, again, creative is the word that I like to use. This is how we've taken something that other people might be like, oh, uh, that's black food. And we've made it and elevated it to a level that is new but familiar. And and that's what I think, you know, uh, virtue is, is one of those places that I think, for like the third year we've been doing this podcast Uh, again that and uh pearls is actually a good one featured them on the podcast as well but always go back to Luella because if you talk to chef darnell there he is always trying to figure out different things and 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 make things new for you know his his clientele his people
0: and i'm going to shout out the fried gizzards at virtue something that (laughs) i never order and one day i said i'm Uh going to eat these here and They were delicious. So I love the juxtaposition of fine dining with some fried gizzards. (laughs) I wish we could keep going, but we have to take a break. Eric Williams is owner and executive chef at Virtue in Hyde Park. And Dario Durham co-hosts the History and Food podcast, 77 Flavors of Chicago. Check us all out on the Chicago episode of High on the Hog, Season 2.